Alrighty, welcome to episode 30 of the Two Touch Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Douglas, and as always, I'm joined by Tim Bouts, better known as Bones. We got a good one for you today. Let's get started, get right into it. We have been dedicating a little bit of time every week for the past couple of months to give you all an update on the U.S. men's national team players, mainly the ones playing in Europe. We do this for good reason, because if you're not yet aware, we are, in a way, entering a golden age of U.S. soccer. And although it's probably definitely premature to call it that, it's a time where we can get pretty excited because we have more young players playing in European leagues than ever before. And not only that, but playing at some of the biggest clubs in Europe. So, as I said, there's plenty of reason to be excited. There's been quite a few influential people in the world of soccer, uh, the world of footy, pointing to the 2026 World Cup, where potentially the U.S. can make some serious noise, uh, including, just in this past week, Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger, however you want to pronounce it, the former Arsenal boss, often considered one of the best managers in Premier League history. Not the best, because that goes to Sir Alex Ferguson, but he is, he is way up there. He, he's gone toe-to-toe with, with the great one before. But he was praising the, the prospect of U.S. in 2026 World Cup, just talking about the, all the youth we have in Europe at the big clubs and, and how they're really in position to, to form a strong team. But here's the deal. That's five years from now, right, Math. 2026, five years from now, and there's two major tournaments before that. We got the 2022 World Cup, and even before that, this summer, we have the Gold Cup. It was supposed to be last summer, but due to COVID, got pushed a year. So Gold Cup this coming summer, which is a tournament that includes North American and Central American countries. So with that said, the summer tournament is just around the corner, and the fact that Two Touch has a resident expert on the U.S. men's national team in, in Bones we figured we would preview and have him pick what he thinks should be the starting 11 for the Gold Cup. We're going to go position by position and give you some background on the player so you can check them out in their respective clubs as we enter the final third of the club season. So without further ado, Bones, are you ready? Can, can we get started? How you feeling? There's just a lot of pressure on you in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but I live for this kind of stuff, so I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded, ready to go. Oh, okay. All right. So, first things first, we gotta get, we gotta set the set, set the foundation. What formation are we going with? So we're gonna go with the four-two-three-one. It's four defenders in the back, two deeper lying midfielders, three across the middle, and then a lone striker. Three, okay. So three across the middle mean like there's two wingers. Uh, two wingers and a, a central midfielder. Yeah, got it. All right, nice painted picture. Okay, so let's start filling in the dots. So let's start from the back. Goalkeeper, what's your first choice? I think this is pretty obvious. It's, you know, it's been probably Greg's first person on the, on the team sheet um, of late, given how many injuries there have been to some of the big stars like Christian Pulisic and, and a number of others. Um, but Zach Steffen, uh, I think he's captained the team a number of times under Greg. He's really shown well for the national team. Obviously, he is playing behind Ederson at Manchester City, so he isn't getting much time outside of League Cups, but he's performed well in them. He's, he's gotten one Premier League start for City, played pretty well. He's, he's shown that he is probably the most solid in the position. I think that our, 
our backup, Ethan Horvath, is also very strong. But ultimately, I think Zach Steffen will will take it for at least this first tournament, and then we'll continue to build from that. He's pretty pretty good with his feet. Not not the best. Not Manuel Neuer, but he's pretty good with his feet. Um, and he's you. a very good shot, <laughs> very good shot stopper. Got it. So move on now. That's enough of that. I think that's pretty straightforward. Zach Steffen is the guy. So try to catch him in Manchester City matches. I mean, they're crushing the Premier League. So who knows? Maybe he'll start getting Premier League starts and having Ederson focus on Champions League as they try to actually win one for a change. Okay. So that'd be something, huh? Yeah, wouldn't it be? (laughs) Moving on to, I think, might be the most locked-in position. It's one of them, in my opinion. But I'm not the expert here. So let's move to right back. Mm -hmm. What do you got, Bones? So, yeah, this is probably the biggest coup of late for the U.S. men's national team. It's going to be Serginho Dest. He's 20 years old, moved from Ajax to Barcelona this summer. He was actually a, a player of huge debate uh, between Bayern and Barcelona. Um, there was a huge tug of war for his services. He's one of the more complete players that the U.S. men's national team has ever seen, particularly at this age. Is very good defensively, very quick in tracking back, but also very good at getting forward. He's seem, you know, he's had a couple hiccups here and there in kind of an up-and-down year for Barcelona, just holistically. And given the turnover, I think it's reasonable that he was um, having some difficulty adjusting initially. But he's been he's generally been on the, on the starting 11 sheet um, every match, and he's performed well. I, I mean, I think he's one of the more stabilizing forces this year, which has been nice for a, a Barcelona team that's been a bit volatile. Yeah, for sure. He, uh, he's... He's he's fun to watch going forward too, which I think adds an element that is going to. I mean, that's that's kind of the the, the style that most European teams and most club teams are moving towards, where the 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 fullbacks can get forward and and be quite attacking. And he has all the tools to do that, which is quite the luxury. The other thing is that he is also adept with his left foot, which allows him to put uh, to provide cover on uh, at the left back position. If there were some issues where you know we've had trouble solidifying that position in the past maybe we need to move him over just to kind of calm the, calm the defense calm the forces got it okay moving on we are going to go to across the back line we're going right center back who you got i'm going to pull a fast one on you here trev because i think it's it's better to start with the left center back position which is 100 locked down at this point okay. it's john brooks from wolfsburg he was one of the younger players in the 2014 world cup cycle he didn't get much time he did score the the winning goal against Ghana in the opening match he's he struggled with injuries and uh, until recently didn't lock down that position but the past two years he's probably been the most stable defensive force for Wolfsburg this year in particular having a great year they are fighting for a Champions League spot and he's proven for Greg that he's definitely the only guy that is constantly on that same same uh, lineup sheet. He's played really solid defense, both for, for club and country, and gives a, a lot of opportunities from a, from a height perspective, given that he's very good in the air. Um, so obviously, defensively and offensively, that's a huge, huge deal. The right center back position, as you wanted me to actually talk about earlier, that's a little bit more up in the air. Greg has been. Greg has found it difficult to find the most stabilizing force 
and most cohesive back line. And this is why I think that Chris Richards, actually, and not just because I'm a Bayern fan, (laughs) because he is, he does play for Bayern, although he's on loan at Hoffenheim right now. I think he's probably the most talented center back that we've had in, in quite some time. And I think he's very, he's good in the air. He's relatively quick, so he can get up and down. For Bayern, he actually played a little bit more in the back positions than he did in um, central defense. So he, it's clear that he's relatively adept with his feet, can get up and down. But I also think he's positionally one of the better, one of the smarter players that we have in the field. And he's been playing fantastically for Hoffenheim at the age of 20. So I, I think that he'll ultimately rise above the uh, rise above the rest in in this in this qualification cycle yeah. and he'll be John Brooks pair. I mean that would be pretty nice. Uh yeah and and to point out mentioning John Brooks he's he's really one of the most experienced players on this roster and mm-hmm. you know you I wouldn't be shocked if he's a captain at any point. Yeah. And it's you know at, at 28 as a center back that's almost I mean he's really in his prime. You know, he has had an injury issues in the past, but so much of playing center back is about instincts and that comes with time. And, and he's, you know, right in the prime of his career, in my opinion. So it's going to be great to have him as an anchor. And, and yeah, if Chris Richards is as good as you say, I think maybe you are a little bit biased with the Bayern (laughs) unit connection, but you know, there's definitely positive things coming from him. So if he can step up and get ready for, for the next, next few tournaments, that'd be fantastic. So also, I just want to mention other people that are probably vying for that spot. One I have on the bench. The other I think that Greg will give a lot of consideration to. Person on the bench being Matt Miazga. He's on loan at Anderlecht from Chelsea. 25-year-old, was heralded in the MLS, moved to Chelsea, wasn't getting playing time as many young Chelsea or or young Blues do. And he's struggled just being loaned out constantly um, over the past couple of years. He's now learning under Vincent Company, one of the best center backs in the past couple of decades. And I think that he'll be in a better position to contribute to the national team. I don't think he's starter caliber, or, or at least I haven't been able to see him since he moved to, to Anderlecht. But it'd be very interesting to see him you know, in, in the friendlies coming up. The other player that is interesting is Aaron Long, who plays for New York Red Bulls, had a move to West Ham actually squash, I think, two years ago. He's really talented. He just, you know, I, there's something about him that I don't necessarily trust. He's formed an okay partnership with Brooks, but nothing to really write home about. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he also is 28. So if we're looking to be a little bit younger, I, I'd still look towards Matt Biazga for that backup spot and Chris Richards for that starring role. Because at the end of the day, in in the World Cup, the World Cup um, cycle. I don't think that they're going to have the luxury of going, bring in a guy who, two guys and starting the back that are 32 years old or 30 years old. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Moving on. Let's finish up that defensive line and go with the left back. Who you got? And this is a guy who's really come on this year after his transfer from the championship to Fulham. This is Anthony Robinson. We've talked about him a lot on, on the pod. Uh, He's, really played well both in getting forward and getting crosses in, getting involved um, in Fulham's offense, but also has played very well in defense. And obviously that may be partially because of the system that Scott Parker plays, but he's really impressed, not just 
Trev and I, but also a lot of people around Europe. So I think he's finally locked down that position. He's just got to show it on the international level. But I think that he's primed to do that. The only problem is there's not much cover um, behind Anthony Robinson. And, and that's why one of the other reasons why he's really locked it down. We already mentioned before that Serginio Dest can move over to the left. There's another a very interesting possibility, and this is something that was brought to my attention recently. There's this guy named Kick Pieri, who is 20 years old. He's a dual uh, Dutch and American. He is on Ajax's books on loan to Twente, and he's a left center back and a left back. From what I've seen of the guy, he is incredibly talented, and he's a guy that we should really push to to try to convert and another coup, if you will, to just provide a lot more depth, but also really contribute moving forward. And I think he's another guy at 20 years old that can look that we can use looking forward to the next couple of World Cup cycles. Yep. So An- Anthony Robinson on Fulham, he's starting almost every single match. So if you want to catch him before the season ends, be very easy to, and especially. On a team that's kind of fighting relegation right now, it's it's a uh, it's a good time to catch him. He's a uh, he's very important for his team. Okay, <laughs> let's move into the area of the field that I personally am the most excited about: the midfield. So, your your formation of four two three one. So you have two deep lying midfielders. Let's start with one of them. Who you got? So we'll start with the more defensive minded, and I suppose that they're both a little defensive minded, one more so the, than the other. We're going to go with Tyler Adams, the 22-year-old who plays for Leipzig. He's just been an absolute Rottweiler. He's all over the field for Leipzig. He's constantly on their their lineup sheet. And if we're using this past weekend as as any example, Leipzig were down 2-0 to Mojang Gladbach at half. And Tyler Adams, who was playing in more of a, a central defensive midfielder role, was given the freedom to push a little bit further forward. And he was not only winning balls back, but also really facilitating offense, which is something that the U.S. men's national team really hasn't happened. He's very quick and he's very good on the ball and pretty strong with it. So both Tyler Adams and this other central midfielder I'll I'll talk about, younger guys, very intense, very aggressive, very good on the ball and can help to, f- help to facilitate the offense, but also really solidify that back line, which has been an issue for the U.S. men's national team in the past. Awesome. Yeah, I am I'm excited about Tyler Adams. He's One thing he seems to do very well is just read the game and, and intercept balls at a high rate. So he's, I mean, it's not the, the, the sexiest job, but it's arguably the most important, really. Like, you lose the ball, you need to get it back. Tyler Adams is on it. So yeah. I'm excited for him. Okay, let's. Uh, you kind of alluded to it, but let's move into the next guy, which I think I know who you're talking about. And again, I think this also might be the most locked in to get a starting job with the U.S. national team. Uh, I mean, he's had one of the most incredible seasons, particularly for, uh, on the European scene, and he's a true trailblazer. So we're talking about Western, Western McKinney. He's a 22-year-old who is technically on loan to Juventus from Schalke. Not but- anymore. But Juve finally openly said that they exercised their buy option. He is now the second most expensive American transfer of all time at around 19 million euros with a couple million here and there of of add-ons. And that's a far cry away from 
what Christian Pulisic's transfer fee was, but just a sign of great things ahead for American soccer and, and just a recognition that American soccer is getting better and better and we're producing more talent. But Wes McKinney has had an incredible season. And actually, I remember very distinctly when he made the move to Juve this summer, you asked me, do you think that he's going to get any time? You know, it's a new manager in Andrea Pirlo, who was the maestro himself. But, you know, it, there was a bit of unrest at Juve. What's going to happen? And they and have, said, yeah. they have good, huh? they have good central midfielders too. Like they have yeah. Rabio, they have, they had, it was the same window, right? They, uh, they essentially made a trade for, they traded Pjanic for, for Arthur. Arthur. And Arthur, Arthur is like a, younger version of Pjanic so I don't know yeah and and at the time they still had Sammy Kadira obviously Andrea Pirlo let him go but he was so entrenched at the club yep playing similar roles there was a log jam for sure but Weston McKinney has really taken that role and taken it for himself he's essentially playing every week or starting every week he has exceeded his um, total goal tally for Schalke over you know six, five years um, in a single season with Juve, in I think 22 matches, he scored five goals. And this is for a deeper-lying midfielder. So that's very, very unique. And he's been absolute inter- absolutely integral to Juve's season thus far. And it's been a, a bit of an up-and-down season, as you would expect, under a, a first-year manager. But, I mean, he's been one of the reasons why they've, they've stayed in contention for, for Serie A. You mentioned it's the second-highest fee for an American, but... Who cares? If you look at it, they got a friggin' bargain in this Oh, it was guy. a steal. Yeah. Absolute steal. So uh, it's just it's just so cool. Uh, I mean, he might be one of the most underrated midfielders in general in your in Europe right now. So very exciting times. Okay, so let's move up to we, we've just covered the four and the two of the your formation. So we're getting into the three. Let's start in the middle. So it's still in the midfield, sort of the number ten role. What you got? So I'm gonna go with Gio Reyna. And I, I think that this is kind of a, a natural position for him. It's tough because a lot of the their uh, a lot of the U.S. men's national teams wingers, midfielders in general, and then forwards kind of are interchangeable. But I think Gio Reyna, particularly with how he plays at Dortmund, fits this this position to a T. He's more of a distributor. He can get forward and score, but he likes to sit back and facilitate the offense rather than being the aggressor and finding open spaces. Um, so I, I think that this is the natural fit. And I think he's got certainly the genes as his dad, Claudio Reyna is, you know, one of the, the best all-time players for the U.S. men's national team. But I, I think that he also has the skill set and, and the, the, the smarts, the vision to be able to help facilitate that offense moving forward. Okay. So moving out to the left wing, who do you have and why is it Christian Pulisic? <laughs> so I have Christian Pulisic, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, look at that. Look at that. I mean, what can you say? He's Captain America. He, on his day, he can be the most electrifying and the most impressive player on any field, regardless of who he's playing with. He's super fast. He's deceptively strong on the ball for a guy who's of his stature. He's very thin, very short but he's got a very solid core that allows him to win battles that he probably shouldn't and, and um, keep control of the ball when he probably shouldn't. He's incredibly smart, great on the ball, and great instincts around the goal, whether it's facilitating and passing or putting the ball in the back of the net. He's had a bit of an up-and-down season with 
with Chelsea, obviously with Thomas Tuchel taking over for Chelsea, he's had kind of a strange time on it coming off the bench where, you know, everybody thought that given his relationship with Tuchel at Dortmund, it would have been an easy, it would have been an easy guess that Christian Pulisic would get the bulk of the, the wing minutes, but he really hasn't. Regardless, it's undeniable that he's the most talented and the best player for the American team. So it's a, it's a matter of him staying healthy leading into the tournament. For sure. I mean, if he's healthy, he is the first one on the roster, on the lineup. Yep. Okay. So let's jump to the other side of the pitch. The right wing. Who you got? So I'm going with Tim Weah. He's a 21-year-old out of Lille. He's yes! <laughs> Sorry, I, I just bought his card on So Rare, so I'm pretty excited. You are so cool, dude. You are <laughs> the man. Yeah, I know. So it's been an interesting go for Tim at Lille. So it, it, you may recall he followed his dad's footsteps to a certain extent. He actually was in PSG's academy. He ended up graduating to the first team. He played you know, probably around 10, 15 games for the first team, scored a couple goals, and but recognized that you know PSG is not necessarily the team the 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 club that will develop develop its young talent and help it flourish. You know, you look at the names on their squad; they're all players that they've bought from somewhere else for big money. Whether it's Neymar, but Mbappe, there just weren't going to be that many opportunities. So Tim Weah ended up facilitating a move to Lille, and he almost immediately got hurt, and he was hurt for about uh, essentially a year. Luckily for the U.S. Men's National Team, it will for Tim and for the U.S. Men's National Team. He's come back this year and started off a little slow. He's coming off the bench, only getting a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. But he's been absolutely dynamite in the past couple of weeks, particularly playing on the right wing. And he's scored a couple goals, but it's more about his ability to get into really dangerous spots and using his speed and dribbling ability to facilitate the offense, whether it's burning by his his defenders or or just trying to draw defenders towards him and then passing into Jonathan David for, for an easy goal. He's played fantastically for Lille, both, both in, um, in league, league and in Europa. And um, I think there's a lot more in store for him. And I think that this is just a natural fit. Yeah. I'm super excited for him. I mean, he's had such brutal injury history, but he seems to be healthy now. He's still just 21 years old and Lille, something that you pointed out to me recently is, is a club that actually is looking to develop their youth and yep. they have a ton of young, good players there. I have a feeling a lot of them are just going to get poached after this season. So it'll be interesting to see if that clears the way for more playing time for Tim Weah, or if it means that actually some other club comes in and, and puts an offer on him. We'll see. Yep. Okay. Let's wrap off the starting 11 with your striker up top. Who are you going with? This is going to be a debate and an ongoing debate until the Gold Cup. I'm going with Josie Altidore because I still think that he is the best striker and obviously the most experienced striker in in the pool. So what we're looking for in this for the striker role is a guy that's strong on the ball, can get into tight spaces, be a little bit nifty in you know trying to figure out how to get onto balls and, and get goals. Not necessarily the the prettiest of goals, but just be a goal scorer and somebody that can hold up possession to allow for the wings to get forward and to 
potentially settle down the offense. And Josie has been able to do this. The only problem being he's constantly injured. And so you can never really rely on him in a, a big tournament situation. Uh, many, many of you re- will recall that in 2014, Josie was in- injured in the first match, essentially oh. in the first, first, I think it was the first half. It was of, like his first sprint. Yeah. And he was, he did something to his hamstring or groin and didn't play for the rest of the tournament. And that completely fucked the U.S.'s game plan for the rest of the uh, rest of the tournament. I still think that Josie, the player in the pool who has the most goals, um, so you can't write him off because he knows how to score on the international level. It's just a matter of whether he can stay healthy or not. Right. Um, it's interesting. I think his role will be a little bit different in the past. I mean, he was kind of a high, in relatively speaking terms, with the U.S. national team. There was kind of a uh, a lot of hype around him. He looks like the prototypical striker and, you know, kind of a big physical looking guy. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reliance on him to score goals, but I think his role could be a little bit different now, now that we have all this young, really talented attacking players. I mean, the last, you know, between Weah, Pulisic, Reyna, McKenney, all, all those guys can score. And, so the scoring burns a little bit off of him and something that he could do really well is a little bit of the holdup play and, and mm-hmm. the distribution and having these guys run off of him. So I think it would be, would be great. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, he is a big body. It's just about whether he can maintain his body throughout entire, yep. in, entire um, uh, tournament. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why Daryl DK, who's currently on loan from Orlando City at Barnsley, is on my list. He's a very similar player. He's been scoring for Barnsley. He's looked very good. He's 20 years old and, and maybe doesn't have that wear and tear that Josie Altador has and is almost a like-for-like swap in that regard. Okay, so there is your starting lineup, and we were hoping to get through it a little bit quicker than we did. We didn't. If you haven't known, the, if you haven't listened to an episode yet, you'll know that Bones is a little long-winded at times. It's not. It's not his fault. He's just very enthusiastic, and he has a ridiculous amount of knowledge in his brain, and he wants to share it with you guys. Can't fault him for that. So, Bones, I know you wanted to get through the whole bench. We can't. So I'm gonna let you do quick hitters. Three players, only three that you're also excited about that might not necessarily be in the starting lineup, but maybe could break in. So I'll start with one guy, Josh Sargent. He's been in the U.S. men's national team setup for a while. He's been playing well for Bremen. Doesn't really fit that number nine role that we've been talking about uh, that we hope that Josie will fit. So he can play both on the wing as well as uh, in a forward-lying role. Great person to have on the bench. Next, Brennan Aronson. He's really coming on strong for Red Bull, Red Bull Leipzig. Actually had a goal in the Austrian Cup the other Red day. Red Bull Salzburg. Red Bull Salzburg, excuse me. You know, all the Red Bulls, you just get mixed up. Uh, but he's been playing incredibly well. He's a center. He's a center attacking midfielder. Can play on the wing. Another great guy to facilitate some offense. And the last guy, and a guy that Trevor is going to freak out about, Eunice Musa. This guy is an absolute dynamo for Valencia. He's 18 years old. Another fantastic coup for the U.S. Men's National Team from the English National Team. There's actually a lot of of controversy this past week because. Um, the English national team, whoever their PR person said, oh, I think we're really, we're really confident that we're going to get Musa back. There was mass, ex- there was not exodus, there was mass movement to give 
Eunice, all of our American praise, all, all of our American pride to try to keep him. I ultimately think that he stays, but another great attacking option. And I, I think that he would, if he doesn't start, he's first off the bench. I love it. I love it. Okay. That's going to do it. I know bones. I know you wanted to talk a lot more about this. <laughs> I know you have a lot of opinions. I know you have a strong burning dislike for Greg bear halter and his decisions in the past. Maybe we can get to those in the future, but not today. So we're going to wrap it up here. Before we go, I'm just going to remind you guys, if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. It would be awesome for us. And I think you wouldn't regret it because, you know, you just get to listen to our great opinions all the time. And we're always right, especially me. Bones is sometimes wrong. Okay, so that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next time.